to Below the Line, where we talk about working in Hollywood from the crew perspective. My name is Skid. I was an assistant director in Hollywood for the better part of eight years, and now I'm not. I hope you're enjoying our series about the Oscar technical categories as much as I am. Today, we're going to discuss makeup and hairstyling. We're not going to go deep on movie plot points, but there's always a chance of spoilers, so consider this a warning. Let me introduce my guests. Angela Nogaro, you've been doing movie makeup for more than 30 years, and you're joining us from Mexico, where you're currently working. Welcome. Thank you. And Avon Depati Kupka, you've been doing movie hair for more than 30 years. You're joining us from Los Angeles. Welcome as well. Thanks, Kid. Now, you're both returning guests, and it's wonderful to have you back. So before we start on the specific nominees, let's talk about who actually gets nominated in this category. Hair and makeup departments can be very large, particularly on an ensemble film, where each lead might have their own team, or there's just many, many aspects to the hair and makeup world. Where do they typically draw the line in determining the names that actually make it onto the Oscar submission? In the world of makeup, they usually start with the department head or the designer. Then it becomes up to his judgment who he is then going to include going down from there. Since hair doesn't have a category, I'm going to pass this on to Yvonne and she could take it from there. This one's a sore spot. But anyway, the, the department head of makeup is the one, once they're nominated or gonna nominate, then they get to decide who they wanna bring. And there have been years that they did not include hair, which is a travesty in my opinion, because I do believe that hair is the icing on top of the birthday cake. You can't have beautiful period costumes. You can't have beautiful period makeup and then have terrible hair. It just doesn't, it doesn't work. So this one is still the same. They still choose the same. And if people have good conscience, then they include the people that should be included. That's kind of how that one works. Angela called it, and that is how it works. And we still don't have a hair, specific hair category, which would then include some of the other hardworking people. Like if the department head of makeup wants to bring their key player with them, they just put it down and they get to go. But because we don't have a department, we're reliant on makeup to make that choice if we get to go with them. So I was happy to see in um, most of the movies that they brought hair with them on the ride because it's such a familial and close thing. We design these movies and shows and everything together. It really needs to be changed, but that is how it goes. Do you think the ideal change would be to split the categories or to expand the number of people who were recognized for the work? I think that hair should have a category all of its own because we work together. Makeup does makeup. We do the hair. And yes, there should be a separate hair category. I'm completely in agreement with Yvonne on this one. There should be a hair category. Yeah. Well, it wouldn't be the first time that things have changed. So hopefully right. as we continue doing this, so as you know, we'll, we will get to see more recognition here. Yeah. As the academy changes by just by definition, it's going to be the members are getting younger and more recognizing about how things are on set. There's hope for that change in the future. Yeah, there is. Fingers crossed. Yeah. We may not see it, but that's <laughs> No, but it's Fingers true. crossed. Fingers that's crossed. Okay. Maybe next year. <laughs> yeah, right. Every, maybe next year. Well, let's turn our attention to the actual nominees. We're going to throw them in alphabetical order, as the Academy does. First up is Bombshell. The team was Kazuhiro, Ann Morgan, and Vivian Baker. 
concerning the hair and makeup? What caught your eye? What, uh, what was outstanding? Tell me your thoughts. Well, should I start? First of all, for sure. me, Kazu, I love him. He's amazing, remarkable human being, and his artistry is beyond reproach. Uh, but then, so is Anne, and so is Vivian. His is specific to how his art and his sculptures are beyond remarkable. I was enthralled. We're makeup and hair people, just like sound people are going, hey, what's, uh, I, you know, I hear some buzzing. And we go to movies and I go, when I'm mesmerized, there's nothing better for me. And the work that was done on this movie from the three of them and their whole teams, because it took an incredible team to make it all happen. But the main basic stuff about Bombshell, I was thoroughly impressed. Kazuhiro's work is beyond brilliant. And hair the hair work was impeccable. I'm like, yeah, I don't see anything. I love that. You know, when I don't see problems and I get lost in a movie or a TV show, it really pleases me because then I can just enjoy the whole content. I didn't even know this whole story about what actually, you know, I knew about sexual harassment, I knew this, I knew that, but I didn't know all about the Megyn Kelly and her turning her eye and, you know, I mean, just all of it was enthralling to me. I think it's a brilliant film and just, you know, we're not gonna make any kind of judgment calls, but I was super impressed by it. I thought the work was outstanding. Um, and I think that it's so much harder to take a real person and make somebody else <laughs> look, look like a real person. You know, it's, it's easy to create characters, you know, or creatures or whatever have you, but to actually make people in a timeline in history. I mean, what's the reason he also won the Academy Award a couple of years ago for the Gary Oldman project. That's I mean, it's just, it's brilliant. It's brilliant. I mean, he's stepped beyond to me. Yes. It's not just creatures. It's not just prosthetic work. It's actual artistry. She was Megan Kelly and I was like, what? And I knew it was Charlize, but she disappeared just like Gary did when he did um, Churchill. My money is actually on that movie. Me too. But and we're yeah. not picking. <laughs> <laughs> but I picked. Sure. And so is this the case where Kazuhiro is the, as, as you said earlier, Angela, he's the designer? Or is he yes. the head of makeup or both? Yeah. How's that? Vivian was the department head. But Kazu is like, you know, they work The together. designer. He's the designer, yeah. And he did, made, you know, the sculptures and everything. And what know? is Ann Morgan's role then in this, in this team? She's the department head of hair. Uh, so, so this is one where they did recognize there. Ann Morgan yeah. is the hair department and Vivian was the makeup department. Yes. Kazuhiro designed Kazu the whole designer. thing. Yeah. Kazu is a fine artist. So he actually sculpts like art pieces also yeah. Yeah. above and beyond what he does on film. Yeah. He totally captures whoever it is he's sculpting completely in reality form. It's crazy. It's another got, level. Yeah, <laughs> it's just, it's just another level. I got to work with him. I met him while doing The Grinch and I was just enthralled by him. Plus he's a very incredibly soft-spoken, kind human being. So that even adds to the allure of the amazing work that he does. So. And I'm really pleased that uh, everyone is being recognized for this because the work is impeccable. 
This is one I'm sorry to say I haven't seen. Oh, you uh, gotta see it. Well, and a couple of days ago, I sat down to watch it uh, with my wife, but it turns out that the digital screener they sent because the DGA awards had passed and it wasn't nominated, they revoked our screener. So that's the, the <laughs> new age that uh, sat down, loaded the app, I got all set to, to run up bombshell so I knew what was going on. And then they're like, nope. You didn't vote for it, so now it's off your list. So we'll have to either catch it in the theater or, or wait for it to actually streaming somewhere. But I'm uh, looking forward yeah. to it. I've heard great things. <laughs> yeah, it's really incredible. So next on our list is Joker, and the team is Nikki Letterman and Kay Georgiou. Joker was brilliant. Um, Artistry-wise, I mean, the work is fantastic to me. I loved every bit of it. I like that both makeup and hair are nominated. Uh, that also pleases me. I just, it's hard for me to hmm, talk a lot about it because the Joker is a character that's been around for a while and it's another interpretation of the Joker. And it was very well done and beautiful. But at the same time, it wasn't brand new to me to visually watch. And um, also it's a very depressing movie. <laughs> <laughs> really meant because it addresses mental health and all of the issues, but um, visually, I think it's beautiful. The scene of him going down the stairs was like a dance painting of some kind to me. The lighting, everything was so brilliant, so. It's interesting to me because I feel like the makeup in that movie facilitated the storytelling. It's a very important part of the storytelling. But if you take that and remove it and you put it up against the other movies that we're talking about, and you're talking about a craft of makeup, not facilitating a story, um, it's, it doesn't shine. I don't, want to put it, I don't want to put it down because that's not what I'm trying to do at all, but it's not in the same class or category of work and artistry that the other movies are. Right. It just, it just facilitates the storytelling. And I think that we have a problem when it comes to the academies that a lot of people get emotionally caught up and can't necessarily differentiate between what's actually a category and what's just good storytelling and they get caught up in the emotion of it. Right. So they, they think every category it's supposed to be put into. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yes, people I don't realize, great movie, maybe best directing, maybe best actor, Makeup, not so much, no. in no. my opinion. But I yeah. thought I thought that to make the movie, you could not have done it without the makeup. Right. A very or integral or, part. Or with him losing 50 pounds to do the movie. Right. Well, All you know. Factors. Yeah. There was another famous movie that that happened with, too. Christian Bale. No, with Matthew McConaughey. Oh, Matthew, right. Right, right, right. Right, yeah. which, you know, I would love to say that we could shave off 50 pounds, but I don't have enough contour in my kit. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. To be able to do that. Yes. So, that, so I, think that, I think that it got caught up in an emotional stance. Emotional. And people say, oh, yeah, this movie is amazing. It? And, it's, right, and it's about depression and it's about, you know, mental illness. And they mm -hmm. got caught up on that journey. And, you know, all of a sudden it's like, oh, everything was fantastic about it. Yeah. And so I, there's the movie. I see that a lot. In, in our vote, not ours, but ours as the whole group voting thing, because who knows if somebody in the academy has a mentally ill brother or whatever. So it triggers emotional votes, which of course the machine 
the propaganda machine and the publicity machine loves that. So they, they push that also. And it, 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 we're in social media time. So I think that it pushes some of the heartstrings as opposed to actually looking at what did they actually do here? So right. I, I agree that way about that, uh, the Matthew McConaughey vehicle too. I think when people think about the Joker, it's impossible not to get an image of hair and makeup as integral, as you mentioned, not only integral to the story, but um, why people would associate it with, I want to vote for Joker. And if I don't know all the other films, this might be one that I, that I make a selection on because I associated in my brain with hair and makeup just almost by default. Speaking of Joker performances in general, what do you think the best hair makeup on Joker was? Over, over the years. Sid Caesar. <laughs> I'm, old, I'm old school. I'm, just, I'm oh kidding. My God. I, don't <laughs> him. I don't remember him. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Oh my God, that's so funny. <laughs> um, I don't know. My, my son is younger, way younger than me, obviously. And his favorite is Heath Ledger. Just in, Heath was amazing. And the makeup and hair was pretty amazing on that. And they did do changes as opposed from the guy being this way and slowly deteriorating. He went through changes to become the Joker. This was more like, yeah, he's messed up. And then he's the, you know, it wasn't mm -hmm. the same. Moving on to our next film, Judy. And the nominee is Jeremy Woodhead. This is another one that I haven't seen. The work is really kind of brilliant that this guy did. And, you know, he did prosthetics on uh, Renee also. It's just hard for me now, after we talked about Bombshell first, and then go to the work that was on Judy. Because the other characters that were created, John Lithgow as Roger Ailes, as compared to looking at Renee Zellweger as Judy, there's a difference. I still saw Renee, even though she was brilliant. Her performance is brilliant. She's so good in it. But again, there's the machine pushing the emotional factors of all the Judy fans, also pushing the fact that it's her return to movies because she was gone for eight years. So everybody, but I did think her performance was brilliant and the makeup was very good, but it's hard to even compare uh, the two pieces for me some people oh that's so amazing so brilliant but it, it was it's good i don't ever want to put anybody down because i work in the business so i know what is involved with every one of these jobs angela's job my job costumes everybody so i wouldn't put anybody down because there's a lot of work that went into creating this character but also renee did a lot of work after she emerged with all of her plastic surgery and, yeah. you know, you can choose to edit this out if you so desire. But I wasn't quite yeah. sure what they did, what they didn't do, <laughs> what right. had happened. It was right. much harder to tell because she emerged looking very different than she had ever looked her entire career. Right. And what does it mean in this case that there's only one name nominated? Is it really for the creation of Judy, we think, that he's, is the lead on that, but not for the movie overall? Well, he's English. And they get to do both. In Europe, makeup and hair is, it's the designer of the show. So there's many times that that has happened. 
on many movies where only the main person, you know, it takes a team, you know that, Skid, you too, Angela. It takes a team. So it isn't just one person, but that's another part of this, the categories and how they set it all up. And, you know, some people get uptight that people from Europe are involved in art, you know, I mean, it's just like all kinds of stuff that goes on emotionally around this. But I don't think it's fair for one person to take an Oscar all for themselves when there's so many people that work on the thing. So this person may have designed the look of her and the movie was about her, but there was a whole team of other people that were there working. But in Europe, they do get the title makeup and hair designer. That's correct. Yeah. All right. Our next nominee is Maleficent Mistress of Evil. And the team was Paul Gooch, Arian Tuiton and David White. Is it Arjun Tuiton? Is that, I don't, I thought if it's Dutch that the J is not pronounced, but I okay. could be hacking that up. If you guys have actually met him, you let me know. I, yeah. a, the makeup and all of the design is magnificent. It's beautiful. It's magnificent. But this is the other thing. When you start mixing in category, fan, you know, I mean, some people would call bombshell a fantasy, but it's not. It's a true story. It's a real thing that happened. But then we have a, a um, you know, a kid's story that they've grown up, made it adult-wise. The makeup and hair is magnificent. The costumes are magnificent. I but have a question. How do you put it together? I have a question. It's the same design that was done on Angie three years ago when they did the original, that Tony did, right? Tony G did? Yeah. So I don't know why Tony G didn't do this movie, but but they're taking credit for her design. Yeah, I mean that's another thing. So it's already it's already been designed, and I, I mean these kind of movies to me are kind of hard to tell because there's so much CGI and computer generated stuff and visual effects that you don't actually know what somebody's doing. I mean, besides the cheekbones, you know, you don't know what somebody else is doing to actually see their work. You can't tell what's been insane. right. You you can't tell what's been generated in the computer and what somebody's actually done. Mm-hmm. So these, these movies are harder. She does look the same as as a design that Tony G created. Right, three years ago. Yeah, correct. And was not nominated for. Right. You bring up a good point about uh, what's digital and what's not, particularly in the visual effects category. We have the Irishman nominated, uh-huh. where for this visual effects work that they're doing de-aging them or changing their faces that uh, to what degree will that start becoming more and more prevalent in less and less noticeable ways it's going to be very interesting to see what that does i could not i couldn't stop staring at robert de niro with blue eyes it made me Ah. insane (laughs) insane (laughs) the whole three hours three hours it bothered it bothered me (laughs) me too i know he's an irishman but you know there still he doesn't have it was just so unnerving is what it was yes and yes it was well done and you know they did have makeup on and all of that but the digital work that was done is still off off it's off it wasn't truly joe it wasn't truly De Niro and it wasn't truly Al. So, it, you know, there were many things they could have done, 
to de-age them to what that what the machines did because if he was supposed to be 35 or something he still didn't look 35 with a computer doing it so to me you know they started doing this a long time ago and i said watch out the day that they can figure out how to not pay people you know they'll pay these digital guys to do this over at home sitting at their computer and goodbye everybody but they still haven't done it and this movie shows that they could have done different more beautiful things i i remember seeing people do things with um cloth band-aids and a little elastic and making the somebody look 30 years younger so to me this is just you know more ways of adding into the digital world and thinking that they can replace people so it disturbed me the whole movie even though it was i loved it but it was still it falls into that category of of older women that get plastic surgery you don't look younger you look like an older woman who had work <laughs> it doesn't it doesn't erase it doesn't like, erase 20 years you just um, look worked on <laughs> was it uh yeah casino when they did the lifts on joe they didn't do his eyes really well and so it stretched his eyes too much and it bothered me but when it's done well by a makeup artist you can't beat having a more natural look of somebody that you're de-aging as opposed I, to plastic surgery. I saw that on him on my cousin Vinny when right. he literally looked like he had box pleats on his eyes he because Asian. he was pulled too tall. Yeah, too taut. Yeah, he was Asian in that movie. So to me, you know, talking about The Irishman, yeah, it's a great film. It's history. I love all of them. Who could not love all these old geezers? They're fantastic and they're brilliant artists. But it bothered me watching this movie because you know that who they are. And at the same time, the digital thing made it, like you say, somebody who had plastic surgery and they're just, it's off. Gone. We're supposed to be talking about Maleficent. <laughs> no, we we completely segued. Oh, I'm so sorry. Well, no, that's I. I encouraged it. I encouraged it. That's uh, uh, because of the connection in there, and we can come back to it. But let's get our last. Uh, let's get our last nominee in. 1917. Naomi Dunn, Tristan Versulius, and Rebecca Cole. I haven't seen it, but I did, like I said, reach out to try and watch some trailers before we spoke, and it looks like a war movie, which to me, straight up trauma, going up against the artistry of some of the other movies is gonna be a little difficult. I'm not saying that the trauma is not good, I heard the movie is amazing. But when you see there's so much room for, there's no room for a mistake in a movie like Bombshell at all. When you're talking blood and guts and dirt, there's a lot of room for error. So that gives everybody a lot of leeway. Not saying that it's not amazing, because I, like I said, I haven't seen it, and I heard it's an amazing movie. I just, in terms of what it's going up against, there's hard competition for that. Yeah. I feel the same way. It's a war movie, and there, we know about blood and guts and gore. Uh, it was well, it's well done. It's beautiful. The cinematography is beautiful, but we're talking about makeup in here. So I'm in the same neighborhood is you. When I look at the films that that is up against, it just can't compare because 
a war movie is a war movie. So you're going to see all that stuff. And like I say, we're not talking about cinematography. That was magnificent. It's a well done, beautiful film. You know, the direction, the whole thing, the actors. It's the emotional thing, I guess. It's an emotion. That's right. So, you know, pick your grand ponzi 1917 and vote for, you know, it's kind of like that when the machine gets everything going uh, publicity wise. Um, it's just hard to keep them together. Yeah, and it's not to discredit anybody's work because no. quite honestly, you know, a movie isn't an amazing movie without all the elements. And we you know it's a collaborative effort thing. But again, when you're breaking it down like we now are, and we're breaking it down to this category, well, then it needs to shine alone in that category. Right. And a lot of movies, when you talk about the emotional connection to them, don't actually stand on their own when you're talking about just makeup and hair. Right. It's another situation of facilitating amazing storytelling. We all love that because we all love a good movie. But does it, it, does it warrant an Academy Award on its own right for makeup and hair? Right. And just to say something about what you said before, Yvonne, about hair. Skid, you could do a, a, a period movie and you can put the best period makeup on, which nine times out of 10, nobody would even be able to recognize. If you don't have period hair, immediately, the whole world knows this movie's a farce. Mm -hmm. Like it, it's, this is the, how important this category is that people keep, you know, that we still can't get a category for it. <laughs> and it's you can't not make Hellboy without makeup. You, can, you, know, you can't right. make period movies without hair. Yeah. You can't do Amadeus without hair. <laughs> That's right. Correct. Uh, or The Grinch or any of those. And, you know, that's a whole other story also by itself. But, uh, you know, we're talking about magnificent artists. The European, I, I don't know, you know, they're magnificent. Their wig work, their hair work. But, you, you know, you're also talking about Local 706, some of the finest, in my opinion, in the world that I have gotten to work with side by side, including you, Angela. Thank you, man. And, you know, bringing it all the time, uh, that's why these categories, there, there needs to be more time spent on trying to change that, like we talked about earlier, Skid, because, uh, you know, I, I got flown to Boston for a week just to do specialty hair for this one big, huge scene for little women, you know? And it's like, they brought five of us from California to make it all happen, and we did. And I thought, if we hadn't come, because, you know, God bless them, and I really care about them, the locals didn't know how to do that kind of hair. So this is all important stuff that we're talking about, especially to us, <laughs> because we do makeup and hair. But, um, you know, these movies that we're talking about, uh, there were movies that were left out. That's a good segue, Yvonne. What other films from 2019 do you think should be on this list? Let's start with Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, of which I worked on that from start to finish. And, you know, the team of people that made that movie happen, Heba and Janine and all of, all, all of us, uh, it's like, how could you not acknowledge the artistry? And yet you're going to take... Uh, I, that's why I don't want to slag anybody else's work because it's all beautiful work, but how can you leave that out? How can you leave the work from, you know, little women out of these categories of recognition for their work? We're always pleased when anybody gets nominated, but to leave out some of these crucial players and, and the work that was done is like, it's a travesty really. 
what happened one year we had 10 and now we're back down to, you know, now we're back down to four. I, I don't, it just doesn't make any sense. But that's the academy, which we don't have control over. What, uh, what was the top 10 list? I thought that at one point we were up to 10, we had 10 and then. Let's go back and look at the short list for the 10 films that they announced in early January were under consideration as the final nominees. Dolomite is my name. Unbelievable work. On Dolomite? Yes. Yes, Stacy and Stacy and Carla brought it. No joke. Unbelievable work they right. did. Not one one bit of it recognized. Again, I think that also falls into the category of people not realizing or not being able to even notice the amount of wig work that was going on yeah. because me, they were so good and you couldn't tell. Right. The, to me, the work on Bombshell, the work on Dolomite was so excellent. And I know because of hair and you know because of makeup. You know, the, just the sideburns, everything, everything was impeccable in that movie. Nothing. They'd got nothing. Eddie didn't get nominated. He was really brilliant in that movie. Uh, another one on the makeup and hairstyling list, Downton Abbey. Yeah. yeah. How, how many years do we need to do Downton Abbey? Yes, it's wonderful, but okay. It's like doing the Game of Thrones for 40 years. It's, it's great hair. It's, yes. you know, okay. it's a natural make. It's a beautiful natural yeah. makeup. Hard to be on the list of an Academy Award now, personally. No. Little Women was on the short list, as you mentioned. Yep. They, and again, I think, uh, you know, I did a movie, now whether it was an Academy movie or not with you, Skid, the work on that movie should have been acknowledged. But what you said, Angela, is partly true. My husband said this to me, he said, oh my God, they just didn't know what you guys were doing because you made it look so good. And That's I said, easy. well, yeah, but you know, the Academy should know how much work went into it. I mean, there, there are peers, a lot of them, okay? So, so should the Emmys, but they right. don't need that. They don't. <laughs> Again, there's another thing, you know, when the work is so good that you're just mesmerized, which I was in Bombshell, which I was in Dolomite. Dolomite was an amazing film, well done. But you couldn't, you couldn't see anything at all. So on screen, everyone should have known that anyway, but they didn't even acknowledge them. So what is the other movies that were on there? Well, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, as you mentioned, and then finally Rocket Man rounded out the list. Rocket Man was well done. There were a couple of times I didn't care for a couple of the wigs, but mostly overall, it was well done. It was deserved of having some acknowledgement and instead of just be thrown out and have a war movie in um, Judy in the middle and not have that done because the, there was a lot of work in that movie to change this kid as he went along. Anything outside the list that was just noticeable to you guys that as professionals now, I know when you're working full time, it's hard to see, keep up yeah. with what's out in the theaters, but uh, anything else that caught your eye? I don't even remember what was out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in the, years, <laughs> the years start to blur together after a they while. Do. <laughs> I'm in Mexico right now. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> You know, like I said at the beginning, I knew my friend Richard Red Redlifson was one of the other makeup artists who did Roger Ailey's every day on, on um, Bombshell. And I was, I'm sure he's actually more disappointed to not see his name on the ticket. Thank but that are. is definitely one of those moments where you're like, oh, and his work was impeccable. Impeccable. 
Well, we will continue agitating for more <laughs> recognition uh, from the Academy. Um, we all know what it's like with the awards, though. But we really appreciate your insights today. Ladies, both of you, thanks so much for coming oh, on the show. Love you, Bye. Love you, Angela. Thanks for having us. Love you, too. Love you, too. Bye, babe. Listeners, please share your feedback. You can email skid, S-K-I-D, at blowtheline1word.biz. That's B-I-C. If you're an iTunes user, please rate us. And if so inclined, leave a comment. It really helps us reach new listeners. And if you're on Facebook, you can find photos and other behind-the-scenes materials and podcasts below the line. Finally, you can follow the podcast on Twitter and Instagram. It's at pod below the line. Thanks to Curtis Five for our music and John Juan for our logo. The logo is available on t-shirts, mugs, and stickers at redbubble.com. Thanks for spending time with us. We've got two more Oscar-themed episodes to share. Hope you enjoy.